Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens Andersen and I work for Danfoss Cooling. Thank you for listening in on this chapter 18 in a series about evaporative cooling. This chapter is the conclusion of the series about evaporative cooling and is about programmable logic controllers or PLCs as they are also known. Like I've said in the previous podcast, it is not possible to get deep into details about the electronic controls and in this case with the PLCs it's even more difficult as the way that the programming is done varies quite a bit with manufacturer and model and again also the application that uh, we're working with so again as i've said a couple of times before i'll just scratch the surface and leave all the subtle details to you to investigate wherever you are in the world but let's start with desiccating the abbreviation plc p stands for programming the first letter that, I guess, you will know as something that needs to be learned, or, if you think like me, programming is something others do, and they hopefully knows what they're doing. The L, logic, the second letter says, and that's a tough one, because how do you define logic? If you look that up in a dictionary, it says, a system to set off principles underlying the arrangement of elements in a computer or electronic device so as to perform a specific task. Wow. Well, between you and me, it's a bit um, posh, maybe. So here's my interpretation. Logic is a set of rules that somebody, and that could be you, has defined to get a system running under all conditions. Obviously, this system is a refrigeration system and with all conditions, I mean also situations that happens rarely, usually under extreme conditions like emergency situations or situations that you really didn't anticipate. The last letter, C, controller. Well, that's not really anything new or should not be anything new if you listened to the previous podcasts. Let's take a closer look at this concept of logic, because like a few other things we have discussed during this podcast series, someone before us has thought hard about this. In this case, it's an Englishman from the mid-1800, Mr. George Boole, who among other things came up with what we today know as Boolean algebra. That works with variables, but where the variable is limited to either true or false. And in this glorious age of computers, that is, of course, converted to one and zero. But there's more. And this is where it starts to get fun. And that's where you have what Boole calls conjunction or disjunction. That is a situation where you have two or more variables that should trigger an action. Uh, let's take an example from the real world. You have a cold room. 
that works fine as long as the door to that cold room is closed and the temperature is between 3 and 5 degrees Celsius. So, let's put a variable on the door in the form of a switch. The switch is off when the door is closed, so you can say the door switch is false or zero when closed. We call that door switch DI1. And we set another variable on the thermostat. If it's on, you know, it has opened the solenoid valve before the evaporator, we say it's true or one. Let's call the thermostat switch DI2. So the compressor, or rather the whole system, should run as usual when DI1 is false and DI2 is true. Or DI1 is 0 and DI2 is 1. That leads to the following statement. If DI1 is false and DI2 is true, then system equals normal function. Yeah, but wait, the last sentence, then system equals normal fu function, could actually be formulated differently. Let's assume for a second that we have a third switch, which is called DO3. Just for the heck of it, it could be called George or Bill for that matter, but we call it DO3. This switch will turn on the compressor when it's on, or in Boolean, true or one. So now the statement from before should read, if DI1 is false and DI2 is true, then DO3 is true. And this is where you would say, yeah, but that's what we've done all the time. With relays, constants and switches, Yes, exactly. That's exactly what you've been doing. But you also know that systems are often far more complicated than just a door switch and a thermostat. So the whole idea with a PLC is in fact to combine what we could call simple switch states, like door switch, but with tens, maybe hundreds of sensors, switches and transducers. Also limits and timings can be set. Let's take the simple example from before and begin with the thermostat. We mount a thermos sensor instead. It could be a PT1000 sensor, and then we could program the controller, the DI2, to be true when the value is between 1007.80 and 1023.40 ohm. And if lower or higher DI, two should be false. In some cases, with some PLCs, like the Danfoss MCX series, you set the sensor to the type that you are working with, like the PT1000, and then you program the temperature in that unit that you're working on, whether it's Fahrenheit or Celsius. As mentioned before, also timing can be set. Again, let's assume that you have mounted an acoustic alarm, DO17 or whatever. It doesn't really matter what it's called, but it's called something. That'll start howling if the door has been left open for more than 60 seconds. Then you program that DO17 
to be true when two things are fulfilled. Di1, the door switch, equals true, and timer equals 60 seconds count, then it switches to true, then DO17 equals true, and the alarm starts howling. Now, I've said it before, that it'll of course not be possible to give you a full programming course in PLCs, so please don't think that this podcast will do much more than give you a small window into what PLCs are and how they work on a very, very high level. But let me just quickly run through a few more logic statements. We've just heard about the AND statement, but it could also be a function OR that controls what should happen. It could be a conditional statement like if di1 equals true or di2 equals false and di2 is greater than 1023.4 ohms, then CO17 equals true, which means that the alarm sets off. So in this case, it would be interpreted as the door has been open for more than 60 seconds, the alarm starts howling. As simple as that. The Danfoss MCX family currently consists of eight controllers with a set of variants, uh, depending on many things like number of inputs and outputs. So if ever you need to replace one of the MCX controllers, you'll need to know also the code number, not just the type de designation. Also, the programming will be individual per control, so the best you can do is to use the MIMIC module for reproducing any coding setups and previous logging, but also in case parameters needs to be adjusted for any reason possible. If you need to go deeper into programming, it would be best to use the dedicated MCX softwares, but this is where you will need first to contact our product experts before engaging in any low-level programming not only because you will need access permission and codes for downloading, but also because you are entering an area of programming that will require not just a high-level knowledge about programming, but also a detailed insights into how the particular system works. Please have a look at our webpage for the different products at, at store.danfoss.com from where you can also find manuals, instructions, and data sheets on the different products, not just the electronic controls for cooling, but for all the Danfoss business areas like heating, variable speed drives, and power hydraulics, plus a lot more about cooling than what has been possible to mention in this podcast series. This concludes the Evaporative Refrigeration Podcast series, but hang around for more podcasts in the future, where among other things, I'd like to talk to colleagues about new refrigerants and the replacement of some of the phase-out refrigerants that will become obsolete and banned within short. We would greatly appreciate feedbacks and suggestions to future refrigeration topics, or if you have specific questions to this episode, please leave a comment on the Chilling with Jens SoundCloud page. I look forward to hearing from you. We would also appreciate it if you would like, if you would click like, share, and repost 
to help us spread the word about chilling with the end evaporative refrigeration. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, stay cool. This podcast was brought to you by Danfoss Cooling. Please feel welcome to visit us at danfoss.com and maybe sign up for some of our cool e-learning classes. Thank you.